I want to read a passage of scripture to you this morning from the book of Acts. I'm going to explain the whole story. But I want to read chapter 4, verse 13, because it applies to the video that you just watched in a way that my message will apply, I hope. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. It says, And now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, the Bible says they marveled or were amazed at untrained men. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. You know, that story of what Jesus did for us should never get old to us. It should always be dear to our hearts and in the back and forefront of our minds that when I call myself a Christian, there's a reason I can call myself a Christian. And just as in those days, the Bible says people were amazed at what Jesus was able to do, the people still hung him on a cross. He died, and he was raised on the third day. And now the Bible says that Jesus Christ does not live upon this earth as he did as he walked along the shores of Galilee, but he lives in you and me. And the story of John and Peter is a story where in chapter 3 they met this man who was crippled all his life. The Bible says, if you take time to read it, that he was lame from his mother's womb. From birth, he was lame. And John and Peter were going to church. Yes, they were going to the place of prayer that morning, according to chapter 3. And they meet this man who's laying there begging for food, something to drink, something to eat, as people did in those days. If you were blind or handicapped and you didn't have a family member or someone who could take care of you, you lived in the streets, as this man may have done. And you know the story that Peter and John said to him that they didn't have money, silver or gold, but what they had they would give to him. And that was the knowledge and the truth of Jesus Christ. And God did a miracle that day. And that man, the Bible says, for the first time in his whole life, his weakened limbs became strong. And he stood. And he rejoiced and he praised God. And the religious crowd around him didn't like this because Peter and John was preaching of all things the resurrection of Jesus. So they tried to threaten Peter and John. They tried to throw them in prison. They tried to find a way to discredit them. They tried to find a way to, to dishonor them, to get rid of them, to get them to be quiet about this Jesus that people were talking about and were talking about all through town. But they could find nothing to convict them on at that point so they let him go. And then we get to verse 13. It says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, 
They perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, and they marveled, and they realized. They were amazed that, that they had been with Jesus. And the message that I bring to you this morning is really simple. And it's straight to the point. And I'm not going to belate, I'm not going to beat around the bush with it. I'm just going to give it to you as the Lord has given it to me. And if there was a title to this message, it would be, Do Others Know You Have Been With Jesus? When you meet people on the street in the grocery store, your own family, how you interact within the church, does people look at your life and say, I know that that woman, that man, that child knows Jesus and they've been with Jesus. You know what I love about this story is God takes ordinary people, uneducated, not trained. He takes any and anybody who's willing and able to listen and to, to be transformed by his hand. And these people in the world then, they look at these, these two men and they realize these were not educated. See, all the educated men were, were upset because they were preaching about a resurrection. And here comes these two uneducated men who had not been trained in the ways of religion. But yet there was something different about them. They had power. They had authority. Didn't come from themselves. They spoke with authority. Why? Because they had been with Jesus. They couldn't help but speak because their hearts were overflowing from being with Jesus. I want to ask you this morning that if you look, and I don't have time to break all this down, but I encourage you to read chapter 4 of Acts this week. It will encourage and uplift your heart. And I'm just going to show you a few verses throughout this text, and I'm going to end with a true story. The first thing that I see about the church here, Peter and John is preaching the gospel, and the church becomes the, the local body gets involved because they heard that Peter and John were being thrown into prison, and they were trying to get them, run them out of town. And look at what he says in verse 14. It says, And seeing the men who had been healed standing with them. Can you picture that a minute? <laughs> Here's a man they had talked about and mocked and laughed at and spit on all their lives. And now he's standing beside Peter and John. And guess what? His arms are just like yours and I, mine. They're not like they were when he was born. And he looks in verse 15 and it says, But when they had commanded them to go outside of the council, they conferred. In other words, they got together and they had a meeting. <laughs> Some of the worst things in the world happens in meetings. You hear me? I think we need more Jesus and less meetings. And they conferred among themselves, saying that what shall we do with these men? For indeed that a noble miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. You know, when Jesus shows up, you can't deny it. Verse 17. 
but so that it, it, it so, but so that it spreads no further. In other words, we got to stop this Jesus thing. Let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. So in other words, they were saying to Peter and John, if you'll just be quiet, if you'll just go away, if you'll just close your mouth and no longer speak of Jesus, everything will be okay. Just be quiet and you, you'll be all right. And so they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach the name of Jesus. But Peter and John, I love this answer. Y'all know it. You've read it before. I love what he says here in verse 19. But Peter and John responded and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. You see, when somebody knows Jesus and somebody spends time with Jesus, they can't help but speak about Jesus. Amen. You know why there's so much, so little witnessing of our faith done? Because so few spend time with Jesus on a daily basis. You know why so many churches are sick and dying? Listen to me. It's because so few people spend time with Jesus. He has the authority. He has the power. He has the ability to do everything that is needed. But he chooses to do it through us. Through people. Ordinary people. There may come a time in our life when we too will have to stop and consider whether we're going to listen to the laws of man are the laws of God. Do others know that we have been with Jesus because we see that there was no doubt even among those who did not know Jesus, there was no doubt that they had been with Jesus. I want to tell you this morning, <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard for me to say this, but it's true. Uh, you know, there is no one person in this life that can do for you what Jesus can. And you know, I'll do what I can to help you, but I can't do all that Jesus can. And, and we should do what we can to help each other, but we need Jesus. Not on Sunday morning, just Wednesday night, just, but every day, every moment of every day, we need Jesus. And just like these two men who had spent and seen and heard Jesus, they had walked with Jesus, and the world could see that they had been with Jesus. When you read this text, what you find is that we ask ourselves, do we have the courage that they had to act and to stand even when threatened? 
When hard times come, chapter 4, verses 16 through 21 will tell you that story. When, when hard times come and when threats come and when physical suffering comes and when death comes and when trials come and when struggles come into our life, does, do people see Jesus in our lives? The Bible says in chapter 4, verse 24, that the church got involved. And it says, so they heard that they raised uh, their voices to God with one accord, saying, Lord, you are God, who has made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David has said, Why did the nations rage? Why does people plot vain things? The kingdom of the earth uh, looks their, the kingdom of earth took their stand. And the rulers gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. That's exactly what's still going on today. And when people take a stand against God and they take a stand against Jesus and they take a stand against the church, will they continue to see Christ in you? The church prayed here. In fact, verse 29, if you'll look, it says, Now the Lord looked on their threats and granted to the servants with all boldness that they may speak the word. You know what Jesus said? You go to prayer and then you listen and you respond. You let God respond in your life. You know what Jesus said? He, he didn't tell them to go somewhere and be quiet. Just be quiet and it'll be all right. That was the devil's message. You know, after they prayed and they got together and they prayed for John and they prayed for Peter, you know what God said? He says, I'll give you boldness. Keep speaking. Keep telling the world about me. No matter what, tell the world about me. When the world and people see us, do they see a prayerful person? Do they see a person that in the midst of their worst struggles glorifies and seeks after Jesus? Do they see a person who has courage and courageousness to stand and to act when it seems like they should fall, but yet they stand? Do we, through the times of life, when people see us, do they hear our words or do they hear the words of Jesus? Church, when the world sees us, do they see people who truly live, serve, walk, and live for Jesus as they should? I want to be the type of person before I leave this earth. I don't know if I'll ever make it. And this is not a self-serving prayer. It's truly, the older I get, the more I, I want this. Um, I know who I am. <laughs> and you know who you are without Jesus. You know every dark secret of your life. And God does too. But yet, these simple, uneducated people that God decided to use, which is all of us, right? He said... We're going we're gonna to take these people who 
think they can do nothing for Jesus, and I'm going to use them because I'm going to give them boldness. I'm going to give them authority. I'm going to give them power. Listen, when we go out into the world, we're not doing it in our name. We're doing it in Jesus' name. That's where the power comes from. That's where the authority comes from. When other people see what we do and how we interact with each other and how we respond and how we care or do not care for the lost, listen to me. When, does people see Jesus in us? I want to tell you a story. It's a true story. One of the missionaries that came and spoke to us when the week that I was away, it's a long, grueling week, but I tell you, there was one highlight in the midst of a lot of toughness. Um, there was a missionary who came from another country. He had been on the mission field for 18 years. Uh, living among murderers and thieves. Uh, he even raised his children in one of the most violent countries on this earth because God sent him and his wife there. And you talk about faith. And he tells the story of a man, and I won't mention the name, and I won't go much further with information. But he tells them a man of their little local church, and he was filled with so much joy I wish I could be that kind of person. I just, I don't know. I wear my struggles on my face. Anybody else like that? I don't know if that's a good, a good thing or a curse because some people can be heavy laden and they think, oh, they're just as happy as they can be. They're covering it up. I, I just can't cover mine up. Are you with me? I'm just not built that way, I guess. I don't know. But this guy was as happy of a human as you'll ever meet. And he wanted, one of his great desires is like, I, I could appreciate this, because he wanted to sing. In this local church in the middle of nowhere, out in this dangerous place, that, that he kept begging and asking, let me sing, let me sing. Well, the boy couldn't sing a bit, okay? As they say down here, and I've heard all growing up all my life, he can't carry a tune in a bucket. He couldn't sing, but he was so joyful that he finally said, okay, you just lead the music this morning. And oh my gracious, you thought you'd give him a million dollars. So he got up there and he just ripped and he tore through every word and people was, you know, oh gosh, this is rough. And, and, and finally, one day, the missionary that spoke to us asked the question, why is this guy, now I know he's a Christian, but but why is he so happy? I don't know if I've ever met anybody as happy as him. And the guy says, come here, preacher, let me tell you why. He lived in a very dangerous part of the world. And one day, his son was walking through town. And this is a communist country, so they dictate what you do, what you you got to hang pictures of the, their local God up in your house, and they'll come and check, and if it's not there, they'll persecute you. Okay? His son was walking through town one day, and two of the soldiers of this government walked through, found him, grabbed him by the arm, and asked him, said, well, you must deny Christ. He said, I, sh I cannot deny my father. Fifteen years old. So they took out a knife, a sharp, sharp knife. True story. And they began to cut away at one of his ears. 
And witnesses said that he began to sing a song much like the song we have, that I love Jesus and Jesus loves me. And the more they cut, the louder he sang. He didn't, didn't give in and he wouldn't deny Jesus, so they finally cut away one ear, so they went to the other ear. And witnesses said the more they cut, the louder he sang. Didn't work. This 15-year-old would not deny Jesus, so they took a machete and they cut his left hand off. Didn't work. He kept singing about this Jesus, so they cut his right hand off. And finally, these, these evil soldiers realized that they were going to get nowhere with this 15 years old because he had been with Jesus and wasn't nobody going to tell him otherwise. So they took a gun, they shot him between the eyes, and they killed him. This happy man had to go pick his son up into pieces of him off the street and bury him. A few weeks later, they came to the home again. He had a, a grandchild, a little small child. Some soldiers came and grabbed the small child, threw it in a corn sack, tied the top, threw it in his little hut, set it on fire, and burned him up. And somebody asked this man after he, this is the life that he had lived now for Jesus. This is what it cost him to, to be at church and to worship God. This is what it cost him. And so he comes in and they ask him and they say to him, why are you so happy? We know what you've been through and we know what you've struggled with. And tears began to flow down his mouth and he began to sing a, a hymn that everybody knew and he opened his mouth and he said, because I know, I know, I know one day I'll have one in this hand and one in this hand and we will walk with Jesus together. That's why I'm happy. You see, there's something that only Jesus can do. Some of you here today, there's people in your life you'd give anything to have one minute with. One minute. Well, guess what? If they're Christian, you're going to have all eternity. And as much as your heart breaks now, and as much as you grieve now, and as much as it's heavy in your life, listen to me. We know what's headed. We know how it's going to end. We know how the story ends. And that should give us hope for the moment. And we should live every day walking with Jesus, knowing because Jesus, that we one day will be with him. And all those who know Jesus will be with him too. So while we're here, if we are with Jesus, listen to me. Listen to me. We have a hope that not even the greatest persecution or even death can steal from us. So we should sing and praise God and know that there's a day coming when the enemy will be defeated forever and sin will be no more and there'll be no more tears of grief and sorrow because the Bible says heaven and earth will come and have come to this earth and we will be with him. And the Bible says we will dwell with the Lord forever. Why did this man sing was he, was he complacent? No. Did he not miss his son and his, 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 his family? Sure he did. He grieved. It was the hardest thing in his life. But he looked beyond the grief and the pain to a day when he knew that he would be with them again. Listen, that is the Jesus we know. 
That is the Jesus we worship. That is the Jesus we should follow. And when people see your life through the good times or the bad times, do they see Jesus? Or do they see the world? Or do they see the flesh? Or do they see nothing at all? I say this to you today because in my heart I, I so dearly want to minister to you because I know there's people here today and your hearts are heavy. Mine's heavy. I got a lot on me. And you know, I, I've had to deal with a lot. My family's dealt with a lot. And man, I <clears throat> won't go into any details. But I, but I know there's a day coming when I ain't got to worry about aching bones anymore. I ain't got to worry about whether or not the, the taxes get paid. <laughs> I ain't got to worry about this or that or paying doctors. I ain't got to worry about uh, funerals I got to go to in the future. I ain't got to think about none of that because one day, one day, I'll be with Jesus. And the question that I ask you today is, can you honestly say you will be with Jesus? Not because you did anything, but because of what Jesus did for you. And the second thing I would say in conclusion is this, is when people see your life, do they know you've been with Jesus? Do they know you believe in Jesus? Do they understand how you respond and react? So often as Christians, we glorify our bad behavior. Don't we? How do you know that, preacher? Because I've done it. <laughs> right? I ain't going to stand here and act like I'm surprised. I know beyond, apart from God's grace, who am I? You saw in the video, you know, the woman against the wall, they're about to cast stones and kill her. You remember the picture? And he drops the stone because Jesus says, he who has no sin cast the first stone. Without God's grace, we're all sinners. We're, we're all lost. We have no hope. We're blinded. We're enemies of God. Without Jesus. There's a whole doctrine today in the world that says you can know Jesus and you can be a, somewhat of an undercover Christian. <laughs> mm. Somebody we knew one time I'd witnessed to, I'd asked them, I said, uh, you know, I'm a little concerned. I'm not your judge, but you don't love God. You don't love God's people. You don't love the lost. You don't do things Jesus did. You know, how, 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 do, you, how do you know that you're a Christian? How, do you, how can you say that you're a believer? Well, I'm just a liberal Christian. You know what the translation of a liberal Christian in the Bible is? A lost person. He's a preacher. Who do you know? I, don't, I can't judge anybody's heart. But I know this, and this is my final thought. I can show you time and 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 time again throughout this book that when people met Jesus and when they walked with Jesus and when they knew Jesus, their life changed. Why? Because that's what Jesus does. 
That's what he does. I'm, I'm afraid. I'm so afraid. Over, the, over 28 years now, I've pastored a few churches, not many, but a few. I've been interim to a few. I've, 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 I still think about some of those congregations over the years, and I look back, and, and what the thing that bothers me is, is, is there are people that I love and I cared about, and you know what? There may be people there who are still sitting in those pews, and when we get, I get to heaven, they won't be there. Because they believe the lie. How do you know that Jesus lives in you? The Bible says the Holy Spirit is present. You love his commands. You follow his commands. You, you live and begin to develop the character of Jesus because your life is being transformed by Jesus. If, if you're the same person today you were 40 years ago, you better examine your life. On what authority, preacher? God's Word. God's Word. Because a lot of people I know, now maybe I hope not a lot, but there are going to be some, I believe, that, that I'm going to get there and I'm not going to find them. And I preach to them 100, 200, 300, 400, 1,000 times. And I, and I read the Word to them and I prayed with them and I buried their families and I did all the things and they, they're still sitting in that same pew, but they're just as lost as a day is long. With the arms crossed saying, I shall not be moved. Right? Let me tell you, if Jesus is in your life, somebody's going to notice it. Now, are we perfect? No. Do we have bad days? Yes. There are days I'd just rather not be around people. You know why? Because I can't be the reflection of Jesus that day that I want to be. So I just try to stay away from people that day until I get my heart right again. Amen? And even when my heart's right, I do things that's wrong because this flesh is unredeemed. That's going to be changed one day too. And those loved ones that we walked away from at the graveside are going to come bursting forth. And their bodies are going to be united in a glorified body with, with, the, with our, their spirit and their present body. And we're going to reign with Christ forever. If that doesn't change your life, your attitude, your direction, then there's something missing. This invitation is simple. Not in any way or form or fashion have I casted any judgment because I don't know anyone's heart. But I have proclaimed to you the word in which God has given me through his word. I've tried to do it within my fallibility, in my imperfectness. I've asked God to bring the word to you. And now in this invitation is a time for you to let God and the Holy Spirit do business in your life. Does people have free will? Sure they do. So you can, you can listen to what God's going about is telling you even now. Or you can walk out and be the same as you were when you came in. And you don't have to come and grab my hand. You don't have to come to this altar unless God shows you. You can do business with God sitting right there in that seat. But I'm here. If you want me to pray with you, if you have any decisions you need to make, if you're here and you know you don't know Jesus, and if you die today, you will be separated from him in all eternity in a place the world says doesn't exist, but the Bible says it does exist. It's called hell. Please, 
today is a day of salvation for you. Don't wait another day because you may not have another day. Father God's leading whatever he's telling you.